Hello and welcome back to the No More Trauma podcast. My name is Tanya, trauma survivor, certified trauma-informed yoga teacher, coach, and wellness facilitator. My mission is to provide healing, mental health tips, and inspiration for living a trauma-free lifestyle. You can find this podcast on Apple, SoundCloud, and on YouTube, um, and you can continue to comment, share, like, all of those things. Um, but welcome back. Welcome back. We're in the second month of 2023, and it's it's feeling good. It's feeling good. Um, I know they mentioned this is the year of the rabbit, uh, so <laughs> if you follow um, the Chinese New Year, so um, picking picking up on the pace that is nice and slow. So I've, you know, talked with a lot of people and people are easing into the year. So speaking of easing into the year, let's ease into the topic of this podcast. So embracing soft love after trauma. I hope you enjoyed the last episode on the uh, podcast and the amazing guests that we had. Uh, on that episode, because guess what? We have her back for this particular episode, and it is juicy. All things love, right? So love, when we experience trauma, it can be really challenging to be vulnerable and to accept love in our heart and our home space. We are presented with different versions of love, and we may also participate, experience, or witness traumatizing love loss, such as abandonment, betrayal, neglect, abuse. Ooh, those things can make our hearts turn cold, right? So in this episode, we discuss the seven practices that you can cultivate with um, with and while on your journey to healing for a softer love within yourself, your environment, and with others post-trauma. So like I mentioned, today we have our lovely guest, my dear friend and my collaborator. We have her on this episode back and it's going to be really, really good. So excited to have you be. Are you there? I am here and <laughs> so excited to be back. Yes. Um, thank you for having me again yeah. and um, to talk about this topic that is near and dear to me so, mm-hmm. so much. So mm-hmm. thank you for having me. Yeah. yeah, you're welcome. You're always welcome here. So the first practice is know your love code of conduct. Write that down if you are tuning in with a pen and notepad. Know your love code of conduct. You're saying, Tanya, B, what is the love code of conduct? And what is this? So I came up with this, and I love this. I came up with this because I think about a business, right? When we walk into a business and we're looking to get hired, they immediately provide you with the code of conduct. And that code of conduct is all of the lists of all of the rules and regulations and practices uh, that they cultivate for their brand. And in order for you to embody that um, business and the things that they practice, you must abide by those. And so I said, oh my goodness, this is genius. Know the love codes, right? We are beautiful people walking around and we have this manual that includes our boundaries, our values and our non-negotiables. Ooh, those non-negotiables. <laughs> and if you follow the AZ.NoMoreTrauma YouTube or the Instagram I show you some of my non-negotiables and a morning practice is a non-negotiable side note there. (laughs) So know how to communicate uh, them to yourself and to the ones that matter to you, um, you know, in a healthy way. And so it's okay if, you know, post-trauma, you're still trying to figure those out. Um, You know, I, I, 
you know, I had an opportunity to, you know, w work with some individuals in, in an addiction uh, space and so rehabilitation space. And so one of the biggest challenges for them was, what are my values, right? You know, what are my non-negotiables? And so, you know, it's okay if you have to work with a professional to really figure out what those are and to help you define those. I think that is number one. If we're trying to embrace this, this love, right, on our journey, um, it's important to really know the, the love codes and codes of conduct um, and be able to communicate those in a healthy way. And, and the communication part is definitely a challenge for me um, because communication can be, you know, different for people around you. Um, so, so yeah, V, tell me, tell me about that love code of conduct. What, what, what does that mean to you? Um, I feel like I might be repeating myself from the last episode, but what was coming to me was, man, you make it sound so easy. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> like mm -hmm. that this is a practice. Um, I just want to acknowledge that for most people, and especially people who are survivors of trauma or have experienced something. Mm -hmm. um, it's really sometimes if if what if what Tanya just said, if what you just said sounds sounds so big and so like oh wow okay know my love of code of conduct, it really does still take an incredible amount of like self awareness to be able to know what is your love code of conduct? Who are you? What do, what are your non-negotiables? Mm -hmm. um, and like, it, it requires you to, um, well, it requires you to unlearn um, some internalized systems, which is one mm -hmm. of the things that, that, that we specialize in, that I specialize in. And the idea of, um, yeah, that it's just, it is necessary. It's so beautiful. And also if it's challenging for anyone listening, um, it's challenging for me too, to think about what, who am I and what is my love code of conduct and what are my non-negotiables and what are my boundaries? Um, and, and again, also, and being able to express those, um, in a way that can be heard, right. Maybe not well received, but in a way that can be at least heard. Um, and so that brings me, I am so happy to be here because this does fit so well. And the knowing your love code of conduct, um, with love yourself to revolution. And so for, for me, for love yourself to revolution, this idea of, um, really specializing in unlearning internalized systems, um, and then being able to, after really trying to unlearn internalized systems, working on exploring alternative lifestyles of really viewing those things. Um, but really more than anything, it starts with this inner child healing and the shadow work and being able to, um, to work on that, to know what your love code of conduct is, to figure out what your boundaries might even be. Um, and so, yeah, the love yourself revolution, um, it, it really, it came out of this idea of, you know, um, love. We think a lot about how we love others, what somebody else's, you know, what is our, our love language, you know, what is somebody else's love language? It's, it's a lot of external, um, there's the, uh, white saviorism is the term, but saviorism, the idea of it being easier for us to want to save someone else rather than work on saving ourselves. It's easier to try to think of how we could better love our partner as opposed to really, really sit and think about how we could better love ourselves. And so um, love yourself to revolution really is based off of God said, love your neighbor like you love yourself. And uh, we could all use on learning, learning what our own love code of conducts are, learning how to love ourselves and what that truly means for each and every one of us. And that it's not just, you know, yeah, love yourself, self-care, take a bubble bath and everything is great. But like sometimes it's taking a step away from um, 
what is toxic stability and what appears to be like very familiar love that might be hurting more than it's helping. Um, and that, and that might be really loving ourselves to revolution. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's, that's that about love yourself to revolution. Um, and I really, yeah, this whole, this whole episode and this idea of knowing, knowing your love code of conduct, um, and being able to give that to yourself, being able to love yourself enough to have these boundaries, to love yourself enough, um, to be able to sometimes, sometimes it is a step away or sometimes it is no, or sometimes it is a, I'm sorry. And I'm the problem. And how can I fix this now? What can I do to grow, um, and, and be the change that I want to see. So, uh, and that's the shadow work too, right? That's the shadow work. So yeah, well, um, they go one and they go one in the other and you can't do the shadow work if you haven't given your inner child all the love that it needs to know that you're worthy and you're enough just as you are. And, um, and just because you have shadow work to do doesn't make you a bad person. It just makes you a person. So, Ooh. um, that's it. I'll stop there. Love you. Oh. I think that's enough. <laughs> so much in such a beautiful start of the of the uh, podcast and um oh my gosh you said so many amazing things um you know one the one thing I want to highlight um is the time um I think I carried a lot of shame in the idea that oh my god I'm 36 years old how am I not have how haven't I figured this out you know, whether it be about myself or about, you know, a, a lesson that I should have known. Um, uh, so I'm, you know, it, the thing about the code of conduct, things can change, right? Things can shift, things can, uh, you know, uh, we can, you know, erase some things and put something else in, you know, because it, it, it only evolves for better, you know? um that's the thing about like brands and businesses like they you know things shift and change and uh you got to go back and uh say you know what well, this doesn't work for me anymore um and so and that there, can be a non-negotiable or a, a value you know um go ahead no I I just really appreciate it. I think it's the idea of continuing consent and that we all always have the option to change our minds and yeah. you know continuing consent in a, in a romantic or, or you know that like an intimate way but also mm-hmm. continuing consent and what our boundaries are of our level of expectation of behavior in a relationship and we're mm-hmm. allowed to say yes I did take that yesterday but today I don't think this is for me <laughs> exactly 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 god said god said no not today god said mm-hmm. no more mm-hmm. so like i don't i think that yeah this is um and that we should continue to evolve as we continue you know that hopefully 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 we have even more firm or better or or realistic or or loving to ourselves and others mm-hmm. of what those boundaries are so yeah mm-hmm. i appreciate all of that tanya it's mm-hmm. super rich yeah yes yes indulging in all this of this um, amazing dialogue so yeah thank you for feasting and bringing your richness as well so as we talk about um the non-negotiables uh because again I always say one of the non-negotiables is uh I'm having a morning practice and with that I would like to introduce magic mind uh, so I talk about having that morning practice and, you know, a part of that is being able to indulge in um, goodness, richness. And so Magic Mind is a two ounce elixir uh, that includes uh, very good ingredients like ashwagandha that helps decrease stress and keep the mood balanced. It's easy and it's on, on the go. So you're not having to replace your coffee or smoothie. You can, um, be able to, uh, take them at the same time. Uh, and so you can, uh, subscribe to a 15 pack or a 30 pack. So if you like to meal prep and just have everything conveniently placed together, at the beginning of the month, uh, then you can definitely subscribe to those. So you will visit magicmind.co forward slash N like no, M like more, T like trauma. 
So that's magicmind.co forward slash NNP to get yourself a box and, you know, keep in, in intact with your morning practice if that is too your non-negotiable. So checking in with the inner and outer child. So in this space of, you know, uh, love in the, you know, having the best practices, one of that one of those practices is really being able to really check in with yourself. Um, I think this is really important, really important because, um, you know, there's been a lot of discussion being able to um, really know what's happening in your body, right? Knowing what that inner child need um, or what the outer child is discovering about the environment. So how does your inner and outer child feel about love? And so explore that, you know, maybe asking yourself right now, you know, how does my inner and outer child feel about love? And that there's always going to be a um, going back and a telling of what that looked like for you um, at a younger age, you know, maybe you were told that love was scary. Maybe you were told that uh, love is far-fetched. Um, I am going to share mine and I always anticipated love to rescue me uh, in very uh, challenging situations. Um, you know, love was to rescue me from my bad experiences and to uh, have the whole Cinderella story. <laughs> we danced for uh, an hour and, um, you know, uh, we go on happily ever after. And so uh, self-love and love from your parental figures, your friends and your past or, you know, potential partners, uh, really checking in with that inner child is needing, wanting, desiring um, and then the outer child. Um, I really like this. Um, uh, this was mentioned by a very uh, really good uh, psychotherapist, uh, Ginger Dean, I believe. I'm trying to remember her last name, but she's uh, on Instagram and she always talks about, uh, she has her own practice um, and inner circle, but she talks about taming uh, the book uh, by Susan Anderson, one of my favorite uh, authors as well, Taming Your Outer Child, which is a revolu revolutionary program to overcome the self-defeating self patterns, right? So that's the part of us that may procrastinate or the part of us that may be the drama queen. Uh, it's my way or no way at all. The the inner, the inner outer child is the, uh, the one that probably gets in our own way, right? The self-sabotaging, self-sabotaging part of ourselves uh, and so how they may react to love, right? So really getting down to the nitty gritty, maybe, you know, that shadow side <laughs> um, and really exploring what, um, what their true feelings are about love. So it means, you know, just kind of getting on a, you know, audio recording and just saying some words or journaling um, I think it's important to figure out what what um, the younger you uh, and maybe the the part that that is attached to that ego may <laughs> um, actually say about love, right? And again, that's not just romantic, but in your you know friendships as well, uh, as well as with your your parental figures or legal legal guardians. And so the next practice uh, is self regulating tools. One of my absolute favorites, um, the self-regulating tools, this is an opportunity is keeping the tools near if and when you're stimulated or activated by thoughts or physical sensations from old memories. So I remember uh, a moment where, just kind of throwing another example here, but um Another experience for me is the, you know, uh, when are they going to call? When are they going to talk, right? And so, or anytime I felt stimulated, activated, or triggered 
Um, and, and this can be not even just in, in, friend, in romantic partnership, but in friendship. And so the loving practice for myself is keeping self-regulating tools. So maybe that's for me is soft music around uh, candles, um, soothing candles, right? Or, or coloring books that help me color and regulate my body, right? Uh, so gentle reminder uh, that I am safe, rolling out my yoga mat. Um, so those are the self-regulating tools, keeping them near and close to me, right? So this is another practice <clears throat> outside of knowing your love codes of conduct, outside of understanding how my uh, inner and outer child are working, but also creating that action of self-regulating. Right, so making sure that I'm able to keep myself and give myself the love that, that it needs to feel safe, secure, and movement, right? Uh, so <clears throat> any of these actually uh, something that you use or practice, be? Yeah, I, um, I really like both of those. And I think that outer child and that being related to shadow work is is really profound I haven't thought about that connection I think that that actually makes a lot of sense um and the way that those inner and outer children interact and manifest in um sometimes undesirable ways right uh and so I think being able to also check in the idea of saying what is happening for me right now and what part of this is my inner or outer child and uh, and then being able to, yeah, the self-regulating tools. I don't know. I think we both, I mean, we both know, we both have lots of those, uh, but I know knowing the tools in your and having those in your toolbox. So the idea of if it's a breathing exercise or breathing technique, um, I, I have, you know, four different ones that I can go to, 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 to go through a, a breathing regulation practice. And, um, and that's just, those are just the breathing regulators, right? And so we also know those. And I think, I think the biggest thing I would encourage people, you know, anyone listening and again, back to myself as well, that your self-regulation tools might look different than mine. What is effective or what is helpful and that it can, it can change by the person. It can change by the situation. Um, and also, yeah, the idea of being sensitive, you know, for me, having to be sensitive to myself of knowing I have meditation, I have yoga, I have, you know, taking a walk in nature is helpful for me getting some fresh air outside kind of thing. Um, the breathing techniques there, there are lots of things that I know that I have in my toolbox. And I think the other thing is, and again, this is what's really hard is also, you know, as you, um, as you are on your own healing growth journey, that you also get to choose and decide and change your mind on staying in environments that require you to use a lot more self-regulating tools than others, if that makes sense, uh, of knowing that we are also responsible for ourselves and our own self-regulation. And also, we are also responsible to ourselves for... Um, yeah, for, for creating and cultivating environments, um, that contribute to our peace and, and that we have all of the self-regulating tools and we can check in with all these things when we need them, how we need to, and, um, and also being sensitive to how much we, how much work do we actually have to do? And that's why I go back to like, yeah, love yourself first, right? Sometimes it is develop a relationship with yourself before you, have to go deal with other people who may not have a loving relationship with themselves and may not know the self-regulating tools and might be triggered by your self-regulating tools. So it's, this is a, you know, we're, we're healed and we're also healing in the world that we live in. And so I think 
mm. being able to hold space and grace for all of those things. Um, yeah. But all the self-regulating tools you mm-hmm. can get, and then you have all the tools in your toolbox and you throw it all at the wall and you see what sticks and you see what works and you just keep going. And maybe by the time you're done with, you know, the fourth breathing exercise, you've actually gotten something done there. I don't mm-hmm. know. Or, or, mm-hmm. or it's an hour later and, and you're just exhausted and you mm-hmm. take it. I don't, who knows? Yes. Who knows? So. yes, 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 exactly that. It reminds me of, um, uh, Yes, I think I love that you say that um, in terms of you, it's almost like, yes, these are your tools. It's okay to have those tools and and know that there are some days where those tools don't work for you, if that makes sense. It's like where the two things can exist, two things can exist, it can exist at once, if I can speak, or two things can exist at once. And I think you know, speaking, you know, having a conversation with my therapist, um, you know, it reminded me, like when you said, you know, seeing what things can that will actually stick and those things that may not, right? And so, you know, for anyone who's listening to this podcast and they're saying, well, I have all, I do all those practices, you know, I do all those practices, now what? You know, does that mean that you know, I, I have the tools and I'm not going to be triggered or, you know, I'm, I'm healed for life. And, you know, my therapist's response, because I remember I was in a session with her and I was just like, I'm doing the yoga, I'm doing the podcast, I'm connecting and helping conversations. I'm, you know, I'm stretching, I'm breathing, I'm doing all the things. Where, where, what am I doing wrong? how am I, you know, divorced and like how all, how are, you know, like how am I, I have all the healthy friendships. Does that mean that I'm not a good person? Um, And two things can exist at once is what she stated is, you know, you can heal and still desire love. Um, Because I think there's this notion that, you know, there's, you know, the common, thing that I hear is, you know, you have to uh, love yourself first. Absolutely. I agree with that a thousand percent. You have to be able to see yourself and show up for yourself and know your love codes and be able to practice those things for yourself. Uh, Know your inner child, know your outer child and how it responds in uh, situations. But you can also be healing and still desire love right? And you can date and still be working on yourself because I also had that mindset that, oh, I can't date for another three to five years. I got work to do. (laughs) So I got to be single forever, you know? And um, no, you, you can be saving up for the house. You can be, you know, saving up, you know, working on, you know, a promotion, you can be buying the car, whatever, whatever that is. You can travel and still. Can, can, mm-hmm. I'm, can, can you also be a trauma sensitive yoga Whoa. teacher and still struggle with communication you with better. your best friends you, you, and lovers and partners? I you mean, better. Just, right? You better. You better you play really... it. Mm-hmm. Come on, be finished. You can, <laughs> you can know all the things and you can still be struggling to learn them yourself and still be a human in this human experience of a world that we live in um yeah yeah yes absolutely that that oh my gosh that should that should really be the title of this podcast I never forget um you know connecting with someone and they said to me but aren't you a trauma-informed yoga teacher and I'm like but aren't I'm human, you know, I'm human too, right? Like, <laughs> can I not make mistakes? Didn't say that makes me perfect. Oh my gosh. So yes, you can be all of those things and still be human. Um, yeah, tell me. Well, I just, uh, yeah, I'll just say as an integrative nutrition health coach slash, you know, yoga instructor, this idea that like, oh, but don't you know the answers? 
Mm-hmm. And again, and this is, you know, I think for me, the last episode in this episode, um, always preaching to myself first, mm-hmm. always preaching to myself first. And the idea, there's a quote, like anything that I share is not something that I feel like I've learned. It's something that I, 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 I'm still learning myself. I'm still exploring and I'm still trying to figure out what the right answer is, if there mm-hmm. is one. And maybe there isn't, right? Maybe there's mm-hmm. lots of um, lots of, lots of answers. And so, yeah, that is the two things can exist at once, right? That is Mm -hmm. the, it is a both. And you can, you can be a trauma, you know, trauma informed yoga teacher and also lose your shit. (laughs) Like, 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 I don't, it's, it is a practice. (laughs) It is, it is a practice. And yeah. And that, um, that we are all, we are all on this journey together too, right? No one is mm-hmm. immune. Um, I think there was, there's another quote or saying like, you know, you have to, you have to do the dishes and cook food and do the laundry and clean the house and deal with people. And then you become enlightened mm-hmm. and then you still have to do the dishes and do the laundry and cook the food <laughs> and deal with people. And like, mm-hmm. it doesn't, we're still here and we're still here with everyone else, right? We don't, we don't exist in silos and, and the idea of, you know, one person's healing. I think for me, yeah, the idea of collective healing or like, um, well, now I want to go, now I'm just going to start going into my part because that leads me to my first point, if that's okay. Sure, Unless- sure. Yes. I do want to just say that the beauty about the two things can exist at once. And when we have these practices, we are built to connect and we connect to get to put our teachings and learning into practice. Um, And that means that it sounds really great in theory. And when you actually have to do the work, it may be still challenging and slightly uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and different Mm -hmm. and different. Um, and also, yeah, that's where you don't, we don't exist in silos. So you don't know the idea of, you don't know how healed you are until, well, there's another thing, like you don't know how healed you are unless you're ready to go spend a week with your family. <laughs> like if you, you know, what is, um, what does that Ooh. look like? And woo. And what are the tests and what is, you know, um, how Zen are you more Zen than you, bro? So, um, I just, the the two things can exist at, <laughs> the two things can exist at once um for me was really in this yeah where you get to actually put it into practice um leads me to the first thing that I um that I I preach about and I've talked to you about and I think um the idea of queer theology or queer theory or ethically nominated I don't even know that those words eth- you know correctly and capture exactly what that means for me. Um, ethical, ethical non-monogamy as a theory, um, spiritually or philosophically. Um, but this idea of it's not really so much about um, about you know intimacy or who who you're who you're being with in that sense, but it is more about the two, can two things exist at once? It's more about um, this idea of both and of, um, you know, either or thinking is one way of thinking. And then we say, no, the opposite is both and of two things existing at once of somebody saying, you know, ethical non-monogamy is saying, I don't have to I'm not saying my truth is not valid and that my truth is not my truth, but I can also appreciate that everyone's trauma is real. Everyone's the, is somebody's perspective is their reality. And I can also hold that in my head as well. Um, and also not just in my head, but hopefully in my heart. And I think this idea of you know, what is love um, and loving somebody for truly who they are. And that's goes, goes, goes into this all kind of goes together. So this goes into the second point of meeting people where they're at. And, and we say this, but this idea, I think it's, I think it's easier in an ethical non-monogamous mindset 
um, again, of, of, you know, maybe it's professionally of understanding of meeting um, a colleague where they are and really trying to, you know, put yourself in somebody's shoes first. I think it's very easy to start with where our perspective is. We always start with our perspective because it's ours. And then we think about somebody else's perspective, maybe. But I think the idea of meeting somebody where they're at is really trying to come from their perspective first and work your way back to like, what is their reality? What is their experience in this world? What is their experience with you, with me, with how this all is working? Um, and for me, the ethical non-monogamy really, you know, this queer, queer as in curious, ethical non-monogamous as in not saying this one, this is the answer. I'm with you and we do this and that makes the world. I don't know, but saying, I don't know. I don't know the answer. We're still trying to figure this out. This maybe, maybe you're right. And I'm right. How can we understand, appreciate and value multiple things, multiple perspectives and multiple experiences at once. And so really the meeting people where they are, and I do want to, this is the disclaimer of the, of the meeting people where they are is, what is difficult with this is that um, as recovering people pleaser, you and I both, we also know that, you know, what are my boundaries or what do I deal with? Well, our, my boundaries have changed over the years because I used to put up with a lot of bullshit that I don't. However, and I, you know, <laughs> I'm preaching to myself first, meeting people where they're at is it is a balancing act and you do get to change your mind if you say I I, I did take this accidental, inadvertent, abusive, traumatic, toxic behavior because I was seeing you where you were at, but also it's unacceptable, it's inappropriate, and I won't, and I don't take it, and it's not okay. And so um, meeting somebody where they're at doesn't mean that you just take abuse, doesn't mean that you take disrespect, doesn't mean that you stay in toxically stable environments I like to say right somebody says oh are we looking for stability and a tox a stable environment can be very toxic and very toxically stable and so it doesn't mean that you do that but it does mean that you do try to really you know meeting somebody meeting people where they are is loving them like God loves them do you do you love their inner and outer can you appreciate the way that their accidentally, inadvertently abusive appearing behavior might be their outer child showing out. That doesn't mean you stay. That doesn't mean you take it. That doesn't mean you say, I'm just going to have to then, then I have to love them and meet them where they are and just take it for the rest of my life. But can you at least appreciate that maybe we're all hurt children running around with grown up clothes, trying to pretend like we've got our shit together and know what we're doing in the world. And maybe we're all suffering and hurting and, and, and unhealed baby boys and baby girls inside and outer children without shadow work being done. Just, you know, I say, you know, spewing unhealed trauma all over everyone else. Is that a possibility? And again, I say, you know, when I start loving someone, I don't stop loving them, but I do get to change the distance at which that love is safe for me, that boundary of what is safe for me. And so but the distance might need to change. The boundary might need to change so that I am still able to love you like God loves you, love myself like God loves me, and keep us both from spewing unhealed trauma all over each other, accidentally, inadvertently. And so that for me, this meeting people where they are, um, and, it, and, and it's, it's with, you know, in romantic and also in platonic with familial, um, I'm able to meet you where you are and understand and love, you know, God inside of you. And also, if you disrespect me and you continue to disrespect my boundaries and my request, I also can say I love myself enough to take myself and remove myself from a situation. Um, when also because expecting somebody to change and treat me how I'm telling them I deserve to be treated, if they don't have it in them 
I'm not meeting where they're at. I'm not, I'm, I'm asking more of them. And I think this is also one place where we get caught sometimes in relationships of wanting somebody to be where we're at, wanting them to love themselves and love us. Like we love them and like we love ourselves. And if it's not there, it's almost, um, it almost, it, it almost is, you know, abusive and unfair to ask more of somebody than they're capable to ask them of a higher level of healing, of self-awareness, of growth, of communication, of all of those things than where they're at. And so sometimes it is, it is a step away, right? It, to step away so that we can both be safe and both be loved. Um, so all of those things go into my last point and then I'll shut up, I promise. Um, and this is, you know, if somebody, this is something I came up with a long time ago and it has continued to um, be confirmed in my spirit and my soul, but also evolve in how, what I expect, what my boundaries are, or what my love code of conduct is, right? This is part, this is definitely my love code of conduct. Um, so what am I looking for? This came about in romantic, you know, dating or dating up. Oh, what are you looking for? And the answer is I'm not looking for anything. I'm in a very deep relationship with myself. We're way past the infatuation stage, very deep relationship with myself. Um, anything else that is mutually beneficial, we can keep if it works for you if it works for me and if it's not mutually beneficial then we don't god says no um but what i am looking for specifically and i said this you know with romantic relationships but then i also have come to realize like just in my life period professional personal familial platonic you know anything I want very hot communication. And so uh, what is very hot? It's V hot. It's I, I make really stupid acronyms. So just ignore me over here. But it's uh, V H O T very hot V hot communication. Um, and what does that stand for? So it's vulnerable. It's honest. It's open. And it's transparent. So I'm going to go through why those are all while they, why those are all important. And I also want to say, um, you know, we talk about we're not responsible for the way somebody else perceives us. We are responsible for our delivery. And I think a really good thing to, to do in, in any sort of relationship, and I'm sure you know about this, is mirroring. And so you can say, what I think I just heard you say, the message that I just received, what I am feeling or responding to or feeling like I just heard you say and to make sure that we actually have true communication. So true communication is that like you understand what I wanted you to understand. And so a lot of times we, if you don't, if we're not sure that you understand what I wanted you to, what I wanted to convey, my intention, your the impact, if we're not double checking and clarifying that we have that, um, we're going to be doomed. It's going to be a disaster zone let me just tell you but so the delivery does matter and also so your delivery matters with your vulnerable honest open transparent communication um and also yeah making sure that your delivery matters and that the, the the way it's received isn't just you know you telling somebody off and and this is what you're gonna do and so preaching to myself first so let's go through the pieces so vulnerable um vulnerable it we say it but like the idea of vulnerable is like the thing that's well you and i've had it it's the part that's in the back of your head that you don't that you are scared to even say to yourself and you have to like close your eyes when you say it out loud anyway to anyone to yourself or to your partner or anyone in the world if that's the feeling it's probably that vulnerable it's the feeling of like if i say this it's what you're not saying because you're scared of somebody else's reaction huh that's like this vulnerable piece. Sounds like the me honest... fucking all the time. <laughs> My eyes are always closed. I'm like, I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. And I just said it. And I'm going to walk away. But no, go ahead. But can <laughs> I just say that like, and again, this is what I've told you. It's so brave because people and again myself included, you know, like the idea of like we say we are, con we're recovering people pleasers. You thinking about, you know, like you're thinking about how to say something so somebody else will be happy not like what makes you god forbid you say what makes you nervous and what's gonna have you rejected and like ah but like that if it makes you like super like scared yeah 
that's probably that vulnerable communication. It is scary. Um, the honest and the open um, and the transparent. For me, these, these are the three words, but they also kind of like go together, right? So being honest and saying like, yeah, we all know what honesty is. I'm being honest with you. I'm being honest with myself. I'm telling the truth. But I think the honest, open and transparent go together because it's like, you know, what there's this question of is not telling the whole truth, telling a lie is omitting the parts of your truth that, you know, you know, might upset or make the other person feel uncomfortable or again, set you up for rejection. If you tell them the, the, the whole, the whole truth, the whole thing. And again, this transparent part of that, of like, is that, yeah, are you being super open, but are you also being transparent of what part of that is your, or shadow work, right? Of saying the transparency, you know, you can be honest and open and tell somebody their business and not be like, but also full transparency. I'm pretty sure that this is where this is coming from in me, right? And so that's that transparent vulnerability of saying like, also the reason that I think I'm, the reason that this is happening for me might be because I've got some, you know, inner child healing, some shadow work, some outer child healing, some, I know that I, I'm also struggling with this. Um, but it is so beautiful when you can do it. And when everyone is showing up again, disclaimer, you have to, this isn't for everyone. You got to make sure it's a safe place, huh? You got to make sure that like, it's the right place that somebody can handle your truth, can handle this. What does vulnerable, honest, open, transparent communication look like? Again, it sounds a lot sexier than it might actually be in practice. And if not everybody is ready and you don't feel like everybody is ready, then maybe don't do it yet. But if everybody's showing up and everybody's there and everybody is ready, you know, in their most authentic, real selves, this can be beautiful and even beautiful in its discomfort. Um, it does. It brings bonds closer. It helps build trust. Um it's a beautiful thing. It deepens intimacy. It's just, it's a gorgeous thing. So very hot communication, vulnerable, honest, open, and transparent. Um, that's what I got. What do you have? What do you think? I talked a lot. How can I, what, what hit you from all of that, ma'am? Listen, listen, for anyone who has been, who has tuned in to the No More Trauma podcast, um, this thing has been going strong um, since 2017. And I would say, you know, I, I don't often have guests uh, on, on the podcast, but what you, what you're bringing is hot. It's all the tea. <laughs> and so um, I, I will have to say this may be like one of the highest uh, tuned in uh, episodes. It's, I, I just enjoy uh, your company, your energy um, on and off this podcast. We have really good conversations. Um, and what you just brought this episode is just beyond me. So speaking of feeling trauma on people, I'm like, I'm spilling tea all over myself and just listening um, to, to what you've just shared and uh, these love practices because it's so beautifully, uh, so beautifully said, um, so honest, so raw, so real, um, because I think for those who are tuned in and listening, I can guarantee you at least uh, a good 65% are saying, oh yeah, this is me, been there. And for those who uh, sometimes like like myself, sometimes I have challenges with putting words to what it is that I'm feeling. And I think you articulated that so well. Um, and, and with that, um, you know, I used to have a, a, a phrase to this acronym, uh, the hot communication, um, uh, nonviolent communication. Um, but I'm loving this the hot uh, communication because it encompasses all of those things. Um, I think just like you stated, number one, delivery matters. Um, and, and, and also too, um, are you creating a safe space? Um, I had, a, you know, an experience where 
you know, I wanted to really have these be hot communications conversations and we just couldn't get there because the environment for me, what my inner child was saying, oh baby, get out of there. It is not safe. Their jaw is tense. They're peering over you. They're, you know, glaring at you. You know, body language was saying so much that I was unable to have trust in what I thought we were building. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, you know, my and I, and I want to say mm -hmm. you were probably right. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. That's Ooh. what I want to just say. This isn't like, oh, yeah, Jesus. you just go give this to anyone in the world. Not everyone's mm -hmm. ready for this. Yeah. Not everyone's ready to receive this. <sighs> they, they, and again, the idea of like heal, this is another quote, heal mm -hmm. so that you can hear what's being said to you mm -hmm. without the filter of your own wounds. And that mm -hmm. goes for me, that goes for you, and that goes for everybody. But we're all only where we're at on our own personal healing growth journey. And if somebody's not ready to receive your mm -hmm. very hot communication, you also need to, and I appreciate this idea of like, trust your inner child, love yourself enough to also, and this is preaching to myself first, love yourself enough to know when to keep your mouth shut and move on with your life. Mm. <laughs> trust yourself in integrative nutrition and health coaching. The idea of like, you know, you mentioned earlier about going to your therapist and saying, I'm doing all of this and still I struggle. And mm -hmm. in the health coaching, you know, I, I did the health coaching school because mm -hmm. I had personally lost over a hundred pounds and thought, I think I know what I did, but I'm not exactly, I'm pretty sure I know what I did, but let me just go do the schooling to make sure I know what I did. Mm -hmm. And you know what the schooling confirmed mm -hmm. that I was right. Sometimes it doesn't matter how many mm -hmm. kale salads you eat. Sometimes you do just need to leave your husband. Sometimes it doesn't matter how many self-care practices you have. Sometimes you do just need to find a different job where you're valued and where you're mm -hmm. not put under the ringer for no reason. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you do, you do all the self-regulating tools and you also say, man, you are making me use a lot of self-regulating tools. <laughs> yeah. I, oh, I don't know. My if I, I don't know. Oh my goodness. I, so oh, I'll stop there. I love you. Thank you for goodness. having me. I love you so much. I think and love you. Oh my goodness. I was like, why, why my, my box of tea is gone? Like, why did I just go through so many tea bags and why? Ma'am, <laughs> I just, this is, I'll just say, thank you for having me on to talk about literally like my favorite topic of my life that has helped me shape and continue to grow how I interact with myself, mm -hmm. how I'm able to love myself more deeply, how I'm able to love others more deeply, how I'm able to appreciate what pieces are mine and what pieces aren't and also need to know what pieces I still need to own and I'm still working on mm. and that I, that I, I'm, I'm still, I'm still a trauma sensitive yoga teacher uh, mm -hmm. needing to fix how they talk to people. That's still mm -hmm. me. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. um, thank you for having me. Thank you for letting me be very vulnerable about what I'm still, who I am and what I'm working on and where my, yeah. where things are. Um, and yeah, thank you so much for hosting this and thanks for having me. And really, I really just appreciate it. It's been such a blessing and, I'll let you get to the quotes. I'm waiting for the bell hooks quote. I might have something yeah. to say about that. And then, and then I'll be really quiet because yeah. that's my favorite, but yeah, thank you so no. much. Yeah. Love you. No, I love you too. And thank you. Thank you for, again, just being on this podcast. Oh my gosh. It's just so good. Um, and so, you know, um, I want to, you know, again, anyone who's tuning in, you know, just, uh, this is so good. Feel free to, share your responses um, in this all, this real rawness. And um, speaking of being honest on where we are, yes, I, you know, trauma-informed, you know, trauma survivor for one, and, you know, trauma coach. And this is, I'm obsessed about this work and always being a better person, enlightened person, and just evolving. Um, but in that, I can still be learning and still teaching all at the same time. So 
and, and, and meeting people where they are, but also not sacrificing myself when I feel that my love code of conduct is being violated. Or, and, and so, you know, um, yeah, we continue. So I do want to leave, you know, listeners with some beautiful quotes and um, uh, uh, quotes on this podcast today. So where there is love, fear cannot be. Ooh, where there is love, fear cannot be. I, I just love this. I talk about this book so much. I talk about this author so much. I just want to meet him now. Um, by the heart of uh, the heart of the soul. Yes, the heart of the soul um, recommended to me on my birthday when I was coming out of a very, very deep depression um, uh, by Gary Sukhav. So where there is love, fear cannot be. So again, always move in you know, lead with love um, as best that you can, right? We're still human. So the next quote, um, um, I, this is, it's, 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 a, it's a, it could be a lot for anyone who's listening, but I just love it. Uh, it says, we can put our body parts in each other's mouths, but we can't talk about our feelings. So I, I love this by, again, Ginger Dean, psychotherapist, the founder of Inner Circle. Um, you know, it kind of just goes back into that be hot communications because sometimes when we meet people, right? Um, I used to be one of them. Um, I'm, you know, I, again, <laughs> probably saying too much, but we can put body parts in each other's mouths, but we can't talk about feeling so some, I think we know someone <laughs> we may have been in contact with someone like that um you know but it's again it's really just about being able to you know set the environment safe environment to talk about our feelings and be vulnerable and be honest and, and, and transparent you know aside from those intimate experiences so uh, the next one is to truly love, we must learn to mix various ingredients. So care, affection, recognition, respect, commitment, and trust, as well as being honest and open. That's by Bell Hooks, all about love. So to truly love, we must learn to mix various ingredients, right? Care, affection, recognition, respect, commitment, and trust as well as honest and open communication. Okay, can I just say one more thing here? Because I told you, I am obsessed slightly with bell hooks. Mm -hmm. And I didn't even know this quote at all until I saw it. And I'm even more obsessed. And the part I just want to say the scripture about love is patient, love is kind, love does not. This reminds me of that scripture. And mm -hmm. that scripture has been coming back to me lately um, of just, again, you know, we can say that we love somebody, but what does that actually look like? What is the actual manifestation of that? How is that actually, again, delivery matters and we're not responsible for how somebody receives the message, but are we checking that they're feeling loved if we want them to feel if if our if our intention Ooh. is for them to feel these things how, are we are we checking that that is actually also the impact um and the other part of that it is so much more so i i think i've told you i ha i came up with this acronym a while ago but it was love and that we should stop telling people that we love them but we should say that we love them and it's l a v so it's love appreciate and value and so it's so easy just to say i love you i love you i love you do i appreciate you do i value you am i showing you respect what is what does trust and commitment actually look like in real life? Um, what is care and affection, right? Somebody's, you know, I care. How do you, how does that actually manifest? And is that, you know, is that actually what somebody else can receive as love? Or does that just make you feel good like you have shown love? Is it so that you feel like, and so again, I just, it's a beautiful thing. It's so complicated and so simple, right? It can be, it can be so complicated and it can be so simple. Um, but it does, it does taste, it, it takes various ingredients. There's lots of ways in which it shows up if we really think about it. Um, yeah, that's it. Thank you. I will really be quiet now, but bell hooks 
like I don't like I was like oh my gosh like yes all of that and yes and yes and yes Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so yes um yes (laughs) yes it's just so good um I'll go to the next quote um this is an audiobook that you can find free on YouTube um I just love it um by Marion Williamson, um, A Return to Love. The world loves us when we choose to love the world. I, whew, this just resonates. Um, I just love this quote, you know, the world loves us when we choose to love the world. So again, you know, when trauma happens, our heart can remain closed. We can be cold. We can be angry, um, whatever that is. Um, but as soon as we just, allow this place of compassion and and let down our guards and you know learn learn be open and compassionate you can see the world begin to open up and start to love us back because it never stops it really never stops so so journal reflections I'll just roll out two of these um, here on the podcast and of course you can look in the notes to to either journal with yourself um to journal with a, a dear friend someone you trust um or to journal with your partner okay uh so one of those questions are uh what are your love codes oh yeah what are your love codes your values your non-negotiables your boundaries, right? And then you can add more into those as well. Um, So understanding what those are, maybe your attachment style, you can add that in. Um, And then number two is what examples of love were demonstrated to you growing up and how does that model in your life today, right? How does that and how has that impacted the way that you show up, right? Is the outer child constantly showing up as the drama queen or, you know, the gossiper, whatever that is. Um, so again, there are six, six journal questions. I'll put those down below um, so you can refer back to them um, and you can, you know, maybe sit in the park outside and just discuss those with your partner or a friend or um, you, you know, with you and your inner child. So after trauma, it may be so difficult to accept love into your heart and to see it mirror right back to you. Some of us navigate the world with clothes and a cold heart. We have many examples of how love can be abused, misused, broken, and destroyed. What we slowly learn to understand is that love is a divine vibration. It doesn't require you to think romantically, yet it can support you with seeing and accepting yourself. Love is the essence of all four elements of water, fire, earth, air, and metal. Love is divine connection between friends, strangers, pets, maybe family. (laughs) Love is complicated as it teaches us where we are in the areas that may still need understanding. Love is the past and within the present moment. Love is intimate, it's sacred, and it's spiritual. It's not sex, it's not power, it's not possessiveness, it's not jealousy, it's not lack or weakness. Love is the ability to know what your unique love code, vulnerability, duality, composition, soothing for both your inner, your outer child, and a healthy, diverse expression. It's loving yourself. The revolution. 
I'm so grateful that you tuned in. If it's your first time tuning in, whoo, you tuned in for a really juicy one. <laughs> uh, so, so, so good. I can't wait to see you back. I love you. And I thank you for tuning in and rocking with us. And I love you, V. And I will see you back in the next episode. Remember to live abundantly, love your authenticity, and radiate organic happiness. But most importantly, live a life of no more trauma. Namaste. Trauma-free. <laughs> Bye.